the name Pepper Shock is a variation, a play on Ray's maiden name because it was That's so right. memorable. She didn't want to lose that part of her identity when she married an Alan, which is boring <laughs> and well. common, and everybody has that name. Thanks. You agreed. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest we have with us, Drew Allen. He is my business partner and husband. And we are going to talk about 20 years of Pepper Shock Media. Welcome to the show, Drew. Thanks for having me. I'm proud to be a guest on the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm like way inside. You being a dark, really? <laughs> you should know me better by now that I was going to do well, that. Well, anyway, we have this to get through. So you wanted it to be I special. Have to listen to Drew talk. Well, it's the 200th episode of the podcast that we've been doing for years now. So it's important, right? For people to hear about us and our story and what we do and why we do what we do and all the things that we've been doing for the last 20 years. Yeah, 20 years in October of 2023. Yeah, so it's now this episode that we're on and we are going to talk about Pepper Shock. So do you want to share uh, how it all began? I could probably remember back that far. <laughs> tell the story. You want to share how we met? Let's start with that. Yeah. So I was a stud mowing lawns. I was all ripped and tan. I came into the TV station where Ray was the director and she was like, oh my God, we have to hire that guy. And how is that even remotely close to being possible? That's how True. we met. <laughs> well, okay. I applied for a job at Channel 12 here in the Boise area back when it existed. That's it's right. no more, but PTRD I wanted to come. Fox 12 News at 9. That's I wanted to move over from, I was working at Channel 6, studio crew, running camera and audio and technical directing and running the Chiron, the CG. <laughs> so I wanted to work at Channel 12 and I applied. And luckily, Dan Widener and Ray Allen thought I was, I was Ray Peppersack at the time. Ray Allen Peppersack. Thought I was awesome enough to work there. So. I started working there and running camera for the news and eventually worked up to being the technical director. So anyways, Ray obviously liked me well enough to for me to convince her to move to Seattle with me after she graduated from Boise State with her degree, her undergrad. So I moved to Seattle with Ray and got my degree from the Art Institute of Seattle in video production. And then we started looking into starting a business up there because Ray, her hopes and dreams and her degree were in communications and entrepreneurship. She did a My inter undergrad. undergrad, did an interdisciplinary studies and created her own degree. Hang on, though. We have to fill people in. I, I went to Boise State University and graduated and then we moved to Seattle. But hold on, because I'm a Boise State alumni which is more to the story later, which yeah. we'll talk about. But okay. that and, yes, I did interdisciplinary studies. I did mass communication and business management and marketing for undergrad while working at the TV station full time. Both, I mean, I originally worked at Channel 6. Right. Before you. And I just then, followed in your footsteps. <laughs> but we didn't meet at Channel 6. We nope, met later. Not until 12. And that's when Fox 12 News at 9 started, and I was the first official newscast director at Fox 12. Right. right. And then I hauled you up to Seattle so we could live in sin. Right. That's what grandma says. <laughs> While I went to school. Yeah. And, and we got a, an apartment that was a brand new apartment, but it was sight unseen. And we found an area that was probably not such a great area. <laughs> Let's just say we weren't very welcome there. My pickup got broken into twice. Once with a brick through the window and they ripped out my CD player and stole all my, my whole booklet of the face. 200 had CDs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. And then... Good thing for Napster, though. It was a good thing for insurance, because I got That's to go true. shopping after that plane. My bike got stolen. Well, then that was the next, yeah. the next time. I had a camper shell on the little pickup 
and they broke into the camper shell was locked. They broke yep. into the camper shell, and then the two bikes were, were locked, locked to the back of the truck with a chain. So yes. they cut the chain off and stole both the bikes. And I'm pretty sure that a few months later, I saw somebody riding one of them. Yeah, I'm sure downtown. Dang it! But what was I gonna do? Yeah. Well, we got out of that to the situation dude and, like, and then mine. moved to Alki Beach. Yeah, that was a lot cooler. Yeah, we had an apartment there. that looked, overlooked the lighthouse. And it was really cool because on sunny days in Seattle. Which there were two of. <laughs> it was cool. I was rollerblading and we were playing volleyball. <laughs> oh, there's Piper, the pepper shock puppy. She's got to bark at everything. Anyway, so that this, was Seattle. This story could get really long. It could. We should probably 20 years worth of, Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's but the background. The, the gist of it was that we Ray, Ray was working at a TV station up there, and mm -hmm. we met some people that also wanted to start a business. And so, as we started looking into that and pricing things out and scoping out the competition, we realized that Seattle is just, and this was 20 years ago, Seattle is too expensive to live in, and there were already a lot of video production companies. So, that's originally we were just going to be in video production. Um, well, and you had interned at a lot of big city couple different mm -hmm. post-production and production companies up there. And so then we decided we're going to bring home all the big city experience back to the Boise area. Yeah. And we would, instead of being a little teeny tiny tadpole in a big sea of competitors, that we would be like a, I don't know, at least a fish, a normal sized fish. A in piranha. A... <laughs> no, there's not piranhas in over. Idaho. I don't think so. Okay. Well, we were young. Yeah, we thought we knew it all. And... <laughs> I talked about this the other day to somebody that, you know, we kind of did things backwards. We got the education, we had work experience, and then we just jumped right in and started our, our own business. We didn't yeah. work for somebody for 10, 15, 20 years and then go out on our own. So we kind of did things a little bit backwards. Yeah, I took the book work and applied it in, to real life. Yeah. I still do now. <laughs> but on the flip side, and we'll talk about this more, but now I get to teach what I learned. I yeah. learned some lessons. We learned some lessons along the way, for sure. Yeah, we did. I mean, we got engaged, got married. August of 2003. Moved back. Started the business in October 2003. Yep. People ask me all the time, would you have done it the same way? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But starting a business and getting married at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, Moving. I don't recommend Moving, it. Yes. starting a business and getting married. I don't know that I recommend that particular path but it worked it seemed to work for us i don't know <laughs> for well, 20 years we're still here yep mm -hmm. you only sort of hate me so <laughs> it depends on a, on a on good day, day. <laughs> if you bring me my coffee in the morning then i guess it's a good day i do most days <laughs> yeah it's good Working. acts of service yeah right we did the whole it's your love language yes we went to the love language that we met the author and got to talk to him and learn all about that. Yeah. Well, what do you think people want to know about the last 20 years of running a small family owned business, yeah. running an ad agency, women production company? I'm 51%. You're 49%. That yeah. makes us a, an official woman owned certifiable. <laughs> yes, you are. Business, even though we've tried to certify it like a million times, but. Oh, that's the <laughs> applications with the government. We're just waiting. Yeah. It's been nine months. Yeah, since we tried and I again. I keep checking and they're like, oh, so sorry. We're really busy. We'll get back uh, to you. Kind of like when I was on the phone with the IRS when they messed up yep. and put it on, I can't remember whose social security number. They put it on one of us and not yours. And then I was on the phone. How long? Ten three hours? Or, three or four times, six to eight hours each time yeah. on hold. Yeah. Just to get through to somebody. And then come to find out they messed up. Yeah. Oh, that's not part of this. No, it's not. But it's something that small business owners go through because they were going to put like a lien on our house and all this stuff. And I knew, like, why would I ever not pay our taxes? Are you kidding me? Like, what is going on? Yes, anyway. yes folks. The government does make mistakes. What? Time to time. And then, yeah, on hold. And they hung up on me. Anyway, this is not about the IRS. No. This is about us and the business and going through trials and tribulations and learning about things. And it is a marketing expedition. So I do often get asked about how we got our name and the reputation and the brand equity that is Pepper Shock. Oh, first of all, we should probably tell them where the name Pepper Shock came from, if people don't already know. 
Well, it's your derivative of your maiden name. You tell the story. Well, yeah. So in 2003, when everybody was looking for dot-coms, right? Well, peppersack.com was already taken and we wanted to use that because, no offense, honey, your last name is Allen and like everybody in the world has Allen or Smith or Freeman, which are also hereditary family, family, names. family uh -huh. names. But Peppersack is very unusual and very memorable and people would call me, you know, and say, hey, Peppersack, because it's something that's unique. And anyway, so Peppersack.com was taken by one of my relatives because anybody with a name of Peppersack is related to me in one way or another because there's only a couple generations here from the Peppersack side. Freeman side, not so much. Smith side, not so much. Anyway, because I'm a fifth generation Idahoan on that side of the family. But Peppersack.com taken so Peppershock.com was not. And so... Hence the name, Pepper well, Shock Media. Yeah, that was part of it. <laughs> we also had a list. We should try to find that mm. sheet of paper. We just wrote down all these variations. We knew we wanted to play off of the the brand equity of your maiden name. Yeah. And we had all kinds of variations. We should try to find that list. Pepper Shock was just the one that Stuck. stood out. Yeah, the, the name Pepper Shock is a variation, mm -hmm. a play on Ray's maiden name because it was That's so... Right memorable she didn't want to lose that part of her identity when she married an alan which is boring <laughs> and well. common and everybody has that name thank you, you agree <laughs> well, could have been alan shock yeah, or maybe. pepper alan yeah not quite yeah, the same pepper shock this isn't the same yeah that's fine so yeah pepper shock media productions llc was our original name and then it was pepper shock media and just pepper shock people just know us as pepper shock and if they don't, then they soon learn what we do and who we are. And it is memorable. And people can go to peppershock.com. Or I think they can go to peppershockmedia.com and it redirects. But mm, peppershock.com. I might have to check that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know okay, scratch that if that's the case. Right we had that. But people just know. Peppershock.com. Yeah. But that's the, the beauty of brand equity. Because then people know us. Then people remember it. Because it's shocking. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon we're going to be right up there with Apple and Nike. Right. <laughs> just, you're going to say that name and it's synonymous with excellence yes. in advertising. Very good. Anyway. <laughs> and we, video, in video production and design. You also mentioned excellent. how we got, how we built it and how we got brand equity and how we right. got to be known, at least in our Treasure Valley, Boise, Nampa area. Right. It was you. <laughs> you. Me. Well, it was combined. It was, it was your networking, your lack of fear of talking to people and that is true going to chamber functions and donating your time by serving on various nonprofits and helping start nonprofits and true coupled with good work i mean we that's really we built relationships we did a good job we took care of people yeah we, i always say i get the work and he makes it look good <laughs> well well the yeah. team does when well yeah. when it was just you and i mm -hmm. But then we That's grew true. over time. We we wanted to just start out as a video production company and we'd get a video done and then people would be like, okay, well now what? You made me a 30 second TV commercial. How do I get it on the air? Well, because we had that connection to TV right. here locally, we knew how to plan well, and buy media. And when I worked on television, I worked pretty much every single job in the television. I mean, I, officially my job was called being a rover. Like I could write, I could go help with sales. I could help pitch ideas. I could do promotions. I shoot, could do all edit. the shoot edit. Oh my gosh. I remember shooting and lugging cameras around and tripods around and doing all of that. Like I did that all. Like I was, what do they say? A master or a Jane, Jane of all trades and a master of some, but then there's more to the, the story there. Yeah. Yeah. Then you just become a master of lots of different things. Like well, I so I think entrepreneurship. The, the moral of that story anyways, if you're looking to start a, a small business is actually let me back when I came back I did start I worked at Channel 6 again mm -hmm. from moving back from Seattle while we were getting pepper shock started and the sales manager there told me gave me this advice when I was leaving he said don't go out and get a big fancy expensive building nope don't go into debt more than you have to like I mean he gave me some good was that uh... sound advice Ken Ritchie. Ken Ritchie, that's what I thought. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and 
we didn't. I mean, we <laughs> basically, when we bought our very first house, it was like wallpaper. I mean, yeah, thin. Well, but it was our first home. But it know. had a bonus room. It did have the a garage. bonus room. That was that the was, office. Yep. That was the whole point. Was and we got our first assistant, and we crammed us all in there. Yep. And. That was our first home office. And lots of people always ask me, like, well, how did you get your start? So that's that was back to this, the question to that answer, because this is a marketing journey, right? And like you said, we did some pro bono work. And then I got smart. And we got smart and not just charged $0 for things that we did, not gratis, right? Started charging a little bit more and a little bit more. And then word of mouth got out and started to get projects and the so I also when we came back from Seattle worked a job from like 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. because I was calling East Coast a lot and working and managing people and doing sales management that kind of thing and then I would come home from 3 p.m. and I honestly think that a lot of business happens after hours anyway like mixers and networking events and you know business after hours from chambers and and introverts tips. like me who like to edit in the middle of the night. <laughs> Oh Both my gosh. Sides. We'll have to get to the story of what you said the first time I shoved the mic in your face. That was that's a fun story. I know you don't like it. We I got off track a little bit. I was talking. <laughs> no, I'm still trying to okay, answer the question. Yours. So yeah, the first thing that we did is though we did a, a video that was to raise it was a cause video. And then but the cool thing that we learned is when we work with people who are passionate about something, they're on boards. But they're for profit people who then work for nonprofit boards. And then suddenly we started doing that and um, I met one of my favorite mentors, I have lots, but Susie Boyle, she introduced us to the Boise Philharmonic and Chef and Gourmet and St. Alphonsus Festival Trees. And then she started getting all of these nonprofits to hire us and we were cost effective, but yet still able to like, you know, pay our mortgage and then, you know, kind of continuously grow. And that is one of the things that we did, go, go givers, right? The go givers and service mentality and kind of give and you will receive an abundance. And I feel like that is definitely a tactic. It's a long play because we're still receiving an abundance from things that I served on and did a long time ago. In fact, I even got to meet the author of go giver and the go giver sells more, Bob Bird. Anyway, because I served on the Nampa Chamber board and we brought him in as a speaker. Anyway. Those are the things that help you surround yourself with like-minded, caring, kind, philanthropic people who may have some money to, and time, right? They always say time, talent, and treasure to give. And it, it's true. Like we started being around those types of people who we wanted to do business with. There are plenty of people we did not want to do business with, but we did early on. Do you remember that? We, we worked with. Oh, there's Some characters. That. Yes. But we won't. That's. Nope. That's a whole nother nope. podcast for another day. But you kind of have to go through kind of like the princess kisses the frog, you know, like to turn into the prince. Same thing with clients. You have to go through kind of all the terrible ones to get to the prince. Okay. Charming. I was trying to figure out where you're going. Prince I was, Charming. I'm not kissing frogs. Prince, <laughs> prince Charming clients. Okay. Soulmate clients oh, that come to us. I thought you were talking about me. Well, yeah. Prince Charming. <laughs> Right. I had to kiss a bunch of frogs to get to Prince Charming. Oh. That's hilarious. Glad I did. Well, okay. So hold on. I'm <laughs> going to back up yep, go to, okay, because I got way sidetracked when I started talking about don't go into debt and get a big building and blah, blah, blah. Where I was going with Kinder that was to say that it was kind of natural growth. We wanted to just start out as a video production company. And then people would say, well, how do I get it on the air? So then we started buying media mm -hmm. and then people would be like, okay, but now I need a new logo or a brochure or whatever. And I'm like, I That's can half acidly design you something, but I'm not a graphic designer. Pull I a rabbit out of your ass to make it all happen. Video. So <laughs> then we had to hire some design people and then we hired and we just kept growing. And then, you know, well, first we hired our part-time assistant, Sarah, mm -hmm. who's I'm still friends with her too. Yeah. And she's amazing. She was our first assistant. We hired my sister, Nikki. Yeah. Yep. And your cousin. <laughs> and we hired my people sister. for free, family <laughs> members to It's true. Work on my sister, short your film. sister. <laughs> like yeah. we all we weren't supposed to work mixed business with family, but sometimes you just have to get You learn that too. By the way though, people always ask too, like, how did you start? Did you get investors? And we have to give your dad credit because he gave us twenty five hundred dollars to yeah, buy a My first mom and camera. dad gave yeah. us twenty five hundred bucks to okay. buy a used Canon XL2. Yes. We shot on little mini DV 
tapes. Yes. I wish we would have kept that. I know. But we had to sell it so that we could upgrade to the next camera and the next next camera camera and the next camera. And I think we're about to upgrade again because it just doesn't burn it. Close. Yeah. I remember though, we were the first in the valley to have, at the time, it was a 4K camera. Do you remember that? One of the first, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Like, we didn't know anybody else at the time. And then suddenly people followed. But we've always tried to stay on the kind of the leading, bleeding edge as much as we can. And I remember getting a project because of it. Because we had the 4K We were early quality. on to YouTube, too. Yeah. yeah. We had videos up on YouTube yeah. really early on. We and got... Twitter. Now it's yeah. X. But I, yeah, it was like in the first year that Twitter was around. I didn't know what it was, but I did it anyway. And Facebook and all of the, all the social media. And that gave us more leverage. And now we're getting into the stage of not only are we doing video production, graphic design, some website design, some traditional media billboards and magazines and radio and tv and then in in comes new media that's what they used to call it new media for those of you (laughs) this is aged about 22 who probably listen to a lot of taylor swift (laughs) um that's called social media Mm -hmm. well then digital media and digital age and all the things that we get to do now but so the moral of that story (laughs) and to quote ron price is if you're not innovating, you're dying. Right. Basically, you, especially in this day and age, you cannot sit yeah. back and just say, well, this is the way we've always done it. Mm, sorry. Another one of my favorite mentors, by the way, Ron Price, has lots of good things. You yeah. know what? A, a favorite thing that I like to tell my students is um, when giving or you know receiving feedback, don't deny, defend, or blame. Just say thank you. You can ask clarifying questions. Not leading clar- clarifying questions, but true, like genuine clarifying questions but don't deny defender blame just say thank you thank you <laughs> even if you agree or not sometimes i don't agree but sometimes feedback is critical yeah right yeah. to the success of what's going on and creatives sometimes have such an affiliation and affirmation for their projects that they want to do it out with that's the right word but they they love so much what they've put and produced together they've they've lived and breathed it and then if somebody doesn't necessarily like it or maybe even they like it but they question them it can come across wrong right so if creatives are listening to it i know if creatives are listening right now it's not that they don't like it sometimes they just are questioning or giving questions or asking clarifying questions as to what you meant by that or why did you mean this or why did you mean that and it's hard it's hard sometimes to Accept that as a genuine comment of, of, of feedback. Because sometimes people just ask questions because they want to know. They want to understand. Not because they're criticizing your work. It's because they want to genuinely understand how did you get to that? How did how did you come to that conclusion or that idea or that, you know, innovative thing that you did? What was it? So that's another thing to consider in this business. We have, I, you and I have worked with very super left brain people to very right brain people some people in the middle like i am but i think understanding how you can work with people and collaborating with every type of person and personality from clients to crew to community right yeah i think that is navigating the entire system navigating how to facilitate the creative process and that's what we're talking about. We're going on this marketing that's, journey. We have to that's facilitate our job. that. That's what we do every that's day. What we do. Every facilitate the creative process and the marketing process. Right. Both. Well, it, it comes together. They they can join or come together <laughs> in then telling the story so that people are motivated to buy, to bring awareness, to, you know, if they're motivated to donate or deliver something or do something like whatever call to action or whatever it is that you're trying to do to come across in that story that you're wanting to tell. And that's what we've learned over 20 years of what's effective and not and why and what is going to motivate people and how they're going to get motivated and how many times they're going to get reminded about whatever it is that you're wanting to motivate them to do. At least 11 to 13. That's the newest statistics that in a podcast probably higher i just did the other day a gal she's amazing she's done all kinds of amazing brands she said 17 times 17 17 times i was like wow (laughs) 
That's insane. So I slept once and the number jumped? Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy man. And we, we, we talked about it because if we are getting so inundated by so many messages and yeah. ads and, you know, think about it, you know, on Spotify, even if you pay for the non-commercial stuff, you're still getting hit with product placement, people saying something, in, in, and now college football, just watching the, the championship game tonight, college football. Those kids are getting paid a lot of money. Kids, I say kids. Those kids. This kid. Well, we have a kid. He's 18. He's playing football. And sorry, those young adult humans <laughs> who are trying to make decisions. Anyway, they're getting the, you know, image, name, and likeness yeah. payments. Yeah. Millions of dollars yeah. are going into this. And you're that's we are another all topic. Inadvertently getting inundated. So what I can say though is that after doing this for 20 years, there are some things that have become tried and true. And that is relationship building, right? I don't just say networking, that's from right? The everybody of, can. That's everybody from the dawn of time. That's not just us in 20 years. That's, but it's relationship building, not yeah. just networking. It's relationship no, I, yeah. building. And that's how you operate. You're not one to stick a microphone in your face and try to you know, present on a stage in front of 500 people like I am. You're more inclined to build those relationships and develop that. And I just get the familiar face in front of people and then can build those relationships as we go and grow. And I have, you know, podcasts. I mean, we have 20,000 downloads now of podcast people every month, whatever it is. I have a different way of doing it, but everyone has their way of figuring out how they can navigate and market their business, market their brand. If it's personal brand, nonprofit brand, whatever brand it is, everyone has to figure out their formula of how you're going to get interested people to stay interested, retain them and capture them and recruit them to continue to be loyal to your brand, right? I'm sure I don't need to throw a bunch of statistics and percentages at you for you to know that most of us spend too much time staring at screens. Being able to consume your content on the go means that your clients and customers can listen and learn from you without being tied to their desks. With Hello Audio, your customers can put their phones down, power off their PCs, close their MacBooks, and get the information they need from you while they're, let's say, walking a dog, doing a jigsaw puzzle, washing the dishes, maybe when they're in the car or exercising on the treadmill, sunbathing in their garden. Well, Hello Audio makes it incredibly easy for you. No more hours spent trying to figure out tech settings or trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole you can click publish on an audio feed in a matter of minutes and have control over who accesses what. So visit peppershock.com offers and sign up for a free trial of Hello Audio. I mean, we have clients that we're working with now. What are we doing right now that's working for some of our clients? You mean tactics that mm -hmm. we're taking? Strategies and tactics and trends and things that we're doing that have evolved. Like we're, we're not doing just traditional media and we do some billboards and bus benches and you know those types of things but outdoor but then we couple it with digital talk about some of the things that like some pretty cool exciting things that we're doing and with ott and connected tv and spotify and pandora and well for those of us that are my age pandora but i you know spotify ish <laughs> i'm like on the cusp i'm on the cusp but talk about what we've been doing lately that have been that's been like wildly successful for us. Yeah, connected TV coupled with over-the-top videos connected with display banners that follow you around the internet and annoy you. <laughs> yes. Those work really well. QR codes and vanity URLs and audio and video all tied together in a whole campaign that do things that we want people to do on purpose. And in some cases, for good. Is that a question? Uh <laughs> I want you to explain a statement? some of the good things that we've been doing with all of these tactics so, and techniques. So think about done. it this way. The big screen is still where everybody gathers. The family comes home. The kids come home. Yeah, they're on their iPads and their phones. Right, and they're watching a movie, but they're still on their phones. Like, whatever. But <laughs> there's still a huge gathering around the big screen TV. And streaming recently has overtaken linear traditional broadcast TV as far as viewership um, per month. So 
more people stream than cable, rabbit ears, any traditional way that you used to watch TV. So running ads there built on delivering to the exact audience that you want to reach more than just demographics, age, salary, geography, where do they live? All that stuff still plays into it, but there's so many more ways to measure how people shop, what their likes and interests are, their hobbies, what their kids do. I mean, it's mm -hmm. uh, big data, lots of big data, and we can really hone in on reaching that exact primary, secondary, tertiary audience cool. member that you want to reach. And then, so they'll see your ad on the connected TV on a streaming show. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go to watch a video on a news website and see your ad again, because mm -hmm. it's the following find, find me, follow me. Yep. Following yep. you around the internet. And then they'll see it on their mobile device. And then they'll see the display banners that prompt you to click through to the website. And then when they click through to the website, we can track exactly what they do on your website because we placed some code there. That, so what I'm getting at is we can serve a very catered, very deliberate, very specific set of messages to your audience. Targeted, targeted very targeted. Very targeted, and then report back to you on exactly how many people watched the entire video, how many people clicked, how many people clicked on that specific button that we were trying to measure, whether that was a call us now, schedule an appointment, buy our product, whatever that call to action was. It's all super measurable, way more uh, effective marketing than just doing, making your best guess, throwing some traditional ads out there and, and then hoping that your phone rings or your website. Right. Start selling. And one of our clients recently, I love this story because they're like, well, what did you do? Because our phones are off the hook and we have to get, we have to get volunteers in here to help us because we can't handle the call volume. Like, what did you do? I, I, we, we love it. We love it. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's why we talk about it because and tell everybody that little story because it does, it works. It, I mean, we have example after example of how this type of campaign really works. I mean, it's, it's, but I am going to say, if you're considering doing it, it's not something that you can just try for a month or two and be like, eh, it didn't work. Yeah, this is a long, long game. game. It is definitely something that you need to invest in. You need to give it some time because there is some AI built into it that needs to learn your audience needs to learn how best mm -hmm. to serve the learning. ads. And, and so it's not something that you can just throw out there for a month or two and you know, it, it does take a little bit of time. So this is the luxury of working from home. Piper, the pepper shock puppy, sometimes likes to just whine at you until you pick her up and pet her. But anyway, you'll have to you'll have yeah. to see. For those of you listening, you'll have to Piper go check out Piper. Spoiled. <laughs> she's dachshund and corgi, and she's orange, just like the pepper shock colors. Anyway, um, so I think we should probably wrap up here, like in like five minutes or so. Well, we'll okay, fine. What are your in one one sentence little tips or things you've learned five of them in the last 20 years oh my gosh i think the most quoted thing i've ever had in like magazines and all the different things is measure what you treasure dump what you don't automate what you hate delegate to elevate measure what you treasure dump what you don't automate what you hate delegate to elevate and those are some things I, i've been quoted on lots of times those are super important we have scorecards that we track numbers um Thanks to Jennifer, you know, she helped us refine our scorecards. We had scorecards for years, but we really did some EOS stuff to help um, entrepreneur operating system. And I've done some other things with um, EOA, which is Entrepreneurs Organization Accelerator Group and lots of training, lots of coaches, lots of mentors, lots of people helping us along the way. Because like you said, Drew, we started at a very young age, early 20s, and thought we knew what we were doing. and Still continue to think what we knew what we were doing, but sometimes, you know, here and there, like we had to learn along the way, which, you know, some it's debatable because sometimes we could have gone and learned from other people and then got stuck in the ways of what they did and be old and traditional and like <laughs> not open to new things. But on the other hand, like we, like I was the social media queen for a long time. I and mean, literally that was a title I had. Like 
I traveled all over. I even helped write social media policies, which just, it was ironic because they actually printed out on paper. I'm like, you know, you can do this all digitally, like whatever. Yeah. But I think that if you can, if you're thinking about this or if you are listening to this because you're another agency owner or you are another marketer or you're a marketing director in a company that you are like, you know, you're siloed and you have like your marketing department of one or two, you can open your ideas, open your mind to other people who've been doing this for a long time. And like it's there's benefit in to those who have been there and done that. But there's also people who are innovative and edgy just because they had to like us. Like, I don't think we <laughs> did any, I mean, we didn't do things right, but we figured out and found our way and have been doing it for 20 years now. And it's not because somebody else told us how to do it, or we didn't follow somebody else's path. We, we followed our own path and we worked on it together. And yes, we got, you know, lots of people like, and that's the other thing I'll say too, my little nugget of wisdom. Sometimes not all advice is good advice. Like, let me say that again. Sometimes not all advice is good advice. But one of the things I did do is I brought together a, what we call a pepper shock advisory board. And I had a CPA, a lawyer, a financial planner, one of our clients, um, which was great. Um, who else did I have on that advisory board? I had a former like fortune 100 company. What is Simplot? 500, 100? I don't know. Simplot's like they're a major privately company. Owned. Privately owned company. I don't know. what They're like a major company. Simplot they're, is they're like, big. you know. Think about Simplot and McDonald's fries. Anyway, um, so yeah, the former, you know, not not JR Simplot, but a former CEO executive of Simplot was on my our advisory board. And he, you know, gave lots of wisdom and advice and had other, like I had, you know, I don't know, we had, we had like 12 people on that at one point. And we would meet quarterly and we would give them and process ideas and things that we were doing. And you know what, now to this day, like I did that before people started doing that, that I knew that you would get paid to do that kind of stuff. These people just showed up with no like idea that they were going to get paid to do it, that they were, they were just doing it out of the kindness of their heart because they wanted to see us young kids, you know, get through owning our own business. They wanted to see us succeed and they helped us through a lot. And still to this day, I'm friends with most all of them. And that was one thing that I... I cherish and love because that was something that was super helpful to our business is having, you know, this sort of advisory board of people I could, we could bring ideas to that would, you know, tell us what the hell are you thinking? That's so dumb, right? Why would you do that? They wouldn't say that, but, you know, guide us in different directions and give us, you know, people who've been there and done that before. So yeah, maybe we didn't have an agency that we followed and then we didn't work for whatever. I mean, you did some interning, whatever, but we had some, we had some pretty good people help guide us along the way. Maybe some people yeah. that could have, I don't know, weren't necessarily in the right space to do that. <laughs> Again, just be cautious of who you get your advice from. You know, that's good advice. <laughs> you think? I'm gonna take you up on that advice and not listen to everything you tell me to do. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> no, probably not. I'll just keep doing what. That's why we're yin and yang, for sure. Well, I asked you to give five one-sentence oh, pieces of. Well, yeah, but that that's not how I operate. My brain, six or seven my brain doesn't operate that way. Storytelling, it's fine. It's well, storytelling is what I do. I get in trouble for it's, it sometimes. Yeah. People tell me to, you know, stop. But my, <laughs> but this is why the podcast is successful, and the webinars, and the speaking and presenting. I get to speak all over the world now because I have stories to tell, and I'm not afraid to tell them. I, I've never been afraid of getting on a stage and sharing only because it's and teaching other people because I love to share what I know and if other people can benefit from what I know I mean I don't care I don't have anything to I have no secrets to hide like yeah. I'm gonna tell you and if you ask me I'll tell you what it is like I'll help because Excellent. that's who I am well I have a couple little nuggets and then we'll wrap her up oh yeah and let's share what you're doing now with Boise State I was gonna and get I will there. too okay go I ahead I was gonna get there okay, okay. so do what you say you're going to do. That's mm -hmm. kind of my mm -hmm. 
motto. There was one time that I stood up, my best friend, he had mm. asked me to do something to help him move something or whatever. I can't remember what it was. Jason. And at the last minute I bailed on him. I don't remember if I was hungover or just tired or didn't <laughs> feel like doing it. I don't remember, but he called me and that's what he, he was mad. Do what he you say said, you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. And I was like, oh my God, that, yes, I feel like an ass now. I'm sorry. And I've never forgotten that. So that's you know, one kids, piece of advice. I used to listen to that too. Get to listen to that too. The other piece of advice tied to what Ray was just talking about. Uh, I got a wild hair last year and decided I wanted to get my MBA. And so I enrolled in the executive MBA at Boise State. And I'm about to graduate in May. May the 4th. May 4th. <laughs> I'm going to show up in a Jedi robe and a lightsaber. Oh, that'd be cool. You have one. I do. I do. Anyways. <laughs> That's not part of this story. I, one of the biggest things I think I've learned, I've learned a ton in that program. And I think one of the best things I've learned is that even if you don't understand, there are, there are two forms. There's accounting and there's book, there's, sorry, there's accounting and there's finance. Yeah. You know, accounting is accounting for what happened in the past. And as a small business owner, any business owner, you need to understand the books. You have to understand how your business is running, how to make decisions. I luckily relied on bookkeepers and Ray all my <laughs> life for 20 years. But Creative people, bookkeeping and numbers are Right. I want to do painful. equipment and I was like, we got a credit card. There's still a limit on <laughs> it available. So go yep. buy it. No, that is not a good way to run your business. So anyways, that's a piece of advice to any business owner. Make sure you understand the accounting. And then on the other side of things, the finance, finance is more, Hey, can we run some numbers and do some projections? Let's look future into the casting. future and see if we're going to buy this piece of equipment, how much is it going to cost? What's the interest rate? How are we going to depreciate gonna ROI on yes. that? <laughs> What's the terminal value? What's the net present value? Blah, 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 blah. Thank you, Steve Byer. Yeah. For teaching us finance. There you go. I don't understand it half the time he's speaking in another language during those classes, but I have a general, I will never be the one to calculate that stuff. But if somebody came to me or if I went to the finance department and uh -huh. said, I need to understand when are we going to get an ROI, I'd be able to understand the calculations. At least now you know. Yeah. So anyways, that's a piece of advice. Don't for 20 just, years. I've don't been just doing run your all this. business <laughs> on a whim. Actually know the numbers. Agreed. No, that's good. I don't have five pieces. That's probably it. No, but do what you say I will you're gonna say, do and know the numbers. I want to. I want to give a couple plugs. Can I do that? Yeah. One, Boise State just recently did this really cool thing, and I felt so special for like weeks on end, and I'm still like getting like things from it from being an distinguished alumni. Oh, a what? And a distinguished alum and a distinguished alumni. A a dis. A distinguished uh, alumni. <laughs> I got you're, you. Yeah, you're better with words. A distinguished alumni. And award. that was a word, yes. And I got to, they had a whole gala and they did a video, which was kind of fun. Usually I'm the one interviewing people, not the other way around, which was interesting. <laughs> well, you were in Vietnam the whole time when that yeah, all was going I went on. To Vietnam as part of the executive, executive MBA, MBA program. So that'll be a different podcast. That, that was fun. Yeah, we should follow up on that. And then, um, the other thing I wanted to do is give credit where credit is due to the people who have helped us along with Pepper Shock. And we have employees who've worked with us. Brian, who has been with us, uh, and we knew him working at Channel 12 together. Yeah. And then he went off and did cruises and did video production for cruises. And then he came back and worked with us at Pepper Shock. Well, he did it. So other things and then came back. And he is celebrating eight years soon. The very first, by the way. Wow. Um, so he'll be with us for eight years. I'm so excited for him. He's going to go take a three-week trip uh, to go to the Philippines and have some fun. And then um, we have uh, Terry, who our bookkeeper, she's been with us for going on six years. She's going to retire in May. So uh, put it out in the universe. We're going to be, you know, having to find a new bookkeeper. <laughs> um, but anyway, she's been with us. And then... We've got some other wonderful staff. We've got some new hires. And of course, our son is, is working the for the youngest janitor. And our son is the, the janitor. Uh, and then, <laughs> what's, the t what's the fun term for it? I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. The cleanup crew. I guess he's the cleanup crew. 
he's supposed to take down Christmas decorations a couple weeks later. Anyway, um, and then we have Michaela, who was one of my students yeah. and was a star student. And I had to hire her when she was texting me asking for if I knew anybody that was hiring. I said, you, yes, me, you. <laughs> we literally had just talked about her. The day before. Right before. At our same page meeting. Yep. The day before. And so then I snapped, got her up. And then uh, we're our new graphic designer. Christy. Yeah. So we've got a great crew. And then we've got some people who've been with us for a long time. Brian and Casey and Heather. Heather and other people that we get to work with all the time and have been doing this for, yeah, 20 years. Definitely takes the whole crew. Yeah. Our longest term client, Price Associates. He was, they, they were with us since... Well, Chrissy had a different name before that, but yeah. um, talk about one of my favorite mentors too. And I don't know, we've just, we've had some amazing clients. Adam's Gardens has been with us since the very since beginning. the beginning. The dude Gosh, abides. Thanks, right. Neil. <laughs> that's and right. Jamie. Uh-huh. Anyway, we've got some great long-term crew and clients and community, of course. Been on the Shakespeare Festival board, advisory board, gala committee for, I don't know how many years, I can't even count. And then, of course, Voice of Chamber and help start Boise Young Professionals. Anyway, lots of things, lots of involvement um, by Idaho. I've been a part of the board for that. I just got off the board. <laughs> um, so just, yeah, lots of lots of different things to be involved in. And I love it. I love it all. I have a Snake River Stampede board meeting tomorrow. Very good. And Drew's now taking on some word board, which you, you've been the Ducks Cut Unlimited. The Snake River Stampede. <laughs> Watch them fly, ride them high, snake. Other way, other way. Other way around. <laughs> It's all good. Anyway. We got to wrap her up. Yeah, man. we do. Okay. Um, well, yeah. And you've been the Ducks Unlimited PR, state PR chair for a really long 12 time. 12 or 13 too. years, something yeah. like that. So I guess the moral of the story is to give back and you'll get back in abundance and, and it'll come back to you in return. And you'll get to work with some like-minded, amazing people. We've had some amazing clients and crew work with us over the years. And I guess. Parents and to... grandparents who have babysat yes. when we needed. and. Definitely is a village. People always ask me, why did you live in Nampa instead of Boise? Well, my mother-in-law lives not even two miles away from us. <laughs> and that has been very helpful. And the boys have gone to school and Emerson, of course, playing football and, and arts and all the stuff. Um, Idaho Art Charter for, for both kids. And then Emerson went to high school to play football. And now he's got a partial scholarship playing football at Southern Utah University. And then Caden's on track to Eagle Scout here pretty soon yep. and choir. And he Run was the cross country. He started the, he helped start the cross country team at Idaho Charter. They never had one. And so he was the captain of the cross country team as a sophomore running varsity, which is pretty cool. And yeah. he, he got that. He was good. He was really good. I can't wait to see what he does now. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm getting the wrap up signal. Here we go. Okay. Quick. How can people get a hold of us? What can we do? It's usually what I ask podcast guests, like, you know, plug, Plug your, plug your shtick. So go ahead. I'll let you do it. Well, Just... I'm Drew Allen. I work at Peppershock <laughs> Media. You can find me at peppershock.com. <laughs> yes. You can call the office at 208-461-5070. This is my radio voice. <laughs> Very nice. And we have the Marketing Expedition Community. Talk a little bit about that. The Marketing Expedition Community is a place where you can sign up to be a member and Learn all the things that Ray shares through podcasts and webinars and blog posts and trainings of all yeah. kinds. And <laughs> if you are a marketer or want to learn how to be a marketer, it's a place you can connect with other people and learn. And she shares practically everything, all the knowledge that ever existed in the entire <laughs> world no i get to interview people marketing. who can share about things too right i learn i learn just as much as our audience learns when i get to ask people who are very specific in our industry i love it it's how i stay on top of everything too the marketing expedition.com okay all right well thanks everybody for listening thanks drew for spending your evening with me doing our 200th episode by the oh, way oh yeah we didn't even talk about that well kind of a little bit but... 200 episodes do you, you like recognize oh. it's been like 200 hours on my part and then Brian editing and then um, 200,000 hours editing. <laughs> Our team, I read. Well, after today, we're definitely going to have to edit 
but it's been a journey. I love doing this. I love to get to interview people and talk to people all over the world. Like I get to talk to people from all over experts in the industry. I'm getting top 1% people now. And like, yeah, our podcast is ranked top 5%, but I feel like that is a good goal for us because we're getting, you know, like I said, like 20 some odd thousand downloads. It's amazing. Like I had no idea that my voice and my ability to interview people could actually be something that people would enjoy listening to. So I want to say thank you to our audience after 200 episodes. Thank you for listening, for sharing, for giving us reviews, by the way. Um, it's super, super like, I just love it. People ask me all the time, like, why do you teach? Why do you do all this stuff? If other people can learn from what I do to benefit them and leverage and take away some key things that they can implement or put into their business and help them build their brand and their bottom line, then I'm doing justice to the world. You said you love talking to all these other people. What about me? <laughs> I talk to you every day, honey. Pillow Don't you talk. love talking to me right here in our home office? Yeah, Piper's sleeping now. <laughs> She's not barking. Of course I do. Alrighty, what's Most your closing line, Rafe? Okay, so this is my say. For those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for Drew and I both is to give us a review on the Marketing Expedition podcast on any platform that you are on. And until next time, everybody... Enjoy, enjoy the your marketing journey. journey. I mean, the marketing journey. <laughs> enjoy your marketing oh, journey. Oh, there was that part. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.